This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to The More You Know, The Better It Tastes, where we explore the backstory to some of the best restaurants and chefs in South Texas. And now, here's your hosts from San Antonio Restaurants, Alan Williams and Susie Lafredo. Okay, guys, welcome to The More You Know, The Better It Tastes. It's the podcast of San Antonio Restaurants. I'm Alan Williams, and I'm here with my partner, Susie Lafredo. Hey, guys. Welcome to another broadcast. Today, we're excited. We have Mr. Charlie Gonzalez. Is it Charlie or Carlos? What do you, you know, I bet you were raised with Carlos, right? It's actually the other way around. Oh, okay. Uh, my name is Carlos, but ever since I was born, my parents and my friends call me Charlie, so it just kind of stuck to me. Now when people call me Carlos, I feel like a little bit weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie is the owner. He's one of the owners of Panfila, which is a fantastic, mm -hmm. authentic, authentic Mexican restaurant at 22250 Bulverde Road, suite number 114. That's on the corner of Bulverde Road and, and Evans Road, right? Right. So he's one of the owners. We'll talk about that. So I, I laugh as I say it because the word authentic. We have a lot of trouble on the Facebook group on San Antonio restaurants. What does authentic means? Because somebody says, I want authentic uh, German food. Well, it depends on where you're at. You know, it's, it's somebody's grandmother's making it and they're in Germany. It's authentic. Uh, and so authentic Mexican is the same thing. And, and I understand that there's lots of Tex-Mex places in, in San Antonio, but what may be the way you might make something may be authentic to you from where you're from in Mexico, but it's not the same as what somebody down um, south of Mexico City may have made the same dish, right? Right. Uh, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because authentic is such a difficult word to use now uh, for the same reason, especially in Mexico when you have such a big variety of food and it changes from corner to corner like on the same city you yeah. can have one grandmother make mole one way and then on your neighbor's grandmother is making mole a different way and the authenticity just changes that quickly yeah yeah and and i think probably in mexico more than the united states it is it also depends on what you're around if you're close to the ocean your diet is going to be a lot of seafood and if you're in the middle of mexico you'll probably never have any seafood you know or not not as much right right so what we try to do to stay authentic is stick with the right ingredients. Uh, we use the ingredients that are uh, from the recipes in Mexico, but we we don't really care much about the region. Uh, that what we try to do with Panfila is just cover all of the favorites in Mexico from across different states. All the favorites from from street foods from one place to the other. And really just focus on what that 
this represents and just take a different version of it uh, by sticking with the flavor. So when people come to Panfila and taste it, even though it might look different the way we present it, uh, something might be a little bit different. They still, when they taste it, they're like, oh, this tastes like Mexico. So it's about the spices and the uh, that, that you're blending. Um, it's, it's, it's more about that. Right. So the using the, the the right chilies, using the best tortilla that we can find, you know, uh, cooking it properly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the um, the techniques that you use to cook, for example, the cochinita, PB, you know, that make sure that you're using the banana leaves, the slow braising, the natto seeds. And of course, when you come to how you put the dish in front of the guests, you're able to tweak it, you know, you're able to present it on your own way mm-hmm. that represents the dish from a particular part of mexico but it can be something completely different the way we're going to you know show it off right right the way you're showing it but the basics of it's going to be the same right yeah that's so cool yeah i love that yeah and there's so many unique um parts of um panfila i know when i went um you know the the chips and the and the um and the hot sauce that you serve are totally different than what you'd find at a you know like alan was saying like at a tex-mex restaurant or um and and even i i ordered your tortilla soup and the flavors are totally different than than you know the typical flavor that you would have it was so delicious and yummy um anyway but so that helps to kind of you know it helps you to understand more about what the dishes represent so anyway yeah so wow, we we jumped right in there, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we got deep really quick. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I could I, I could probably say more about the food, but I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> so panfila, first of all, what does that mean? So it's just a one of those old Mexican names you don't see that around anymore. Nobody calls their uh, daughter panfila because it might have like a funny sound to it, but. Uh, we were looking for a name that was simple, one word, easy to remember, and easy to, like when people s- say it, they know exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see a lot of, I think, especially here in San Antonio, uh, Taqueria Jalisco, Taqueria Aguascalientes, Taqueria, like just the name of the city where it comes right. from, or like mm-hmm. very repetitive uh, names, and we were trying to be very unique in all angles of the restaurant. Uh, Panfila, uh, we were looking at old names, and other meanings, and it means loved by all, or all loving. So we, we thought it was perfect, you know, yeah. this, we kind of made our yeah. motto, say, hey, we want to build this restaurant that's gonna become, we're gonna be loved by all, yeah. and it's gonna be all loving to the customers. Love so we, we love the, the meaning of the name, and then, then that, that's just pretty much how it became. That's cool, that's cool. So let's talk a little about you, and, and Charlie, I, I didn't ask beforehand if this is okay, but you're pretty young, how, how old are you? I'm 33. 33. Okay. So you're, you're older than you look, but that's still very young, right? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the Panfila was started by, by Charlie and his girlfriend, uh, Gabby Hinojosa, and they have some other partners. Is it fiance, right? Fiance. Yes. Fiance. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Gabby Hinojosa. And and then they have some other partners. We're going to talk about the partners as well, but let's talk about you and Gabby. So y'all are both from Mexico, but y'all didn't grow up together. You're not, you're not from the same parts of Mexico. Uh, Gabby is from uh, Nuevo Leon uh, and I'm from Aguascalientes. And we actually met in culinary school Mm -hmm. uh, about 11 years now, I believe. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Almost going on 12. So, so, so hey, hang on just a second. So, so uh, you're, you're from Aguascalientes. 
Yes. And, and I, I told I told Susie and Jim, there's a restaurant over on 1604 close to Babcock called uh, Taqueria Agua Calientes. And we always call it the Hot Water Cafe. So that's where you're from, is from where the, the yeah, name of this and place. Yeah, I've seen that place, but actually never been there. Uh, it's, it's a great hole-in-the-wall place. They have good good Tex-Mex food, ex- excellent breakfast. Uh, but anyway, so so how did you end up, you decided you wanted to, to cook and you wanted to go to culinary school. How did that happen? It was a big twist, uh, I guess, in my life. Uh, I did most of my school in Mexico uh, all the way to, uh, you know, I started going to college to become an architect. And my best friend uh, at the time, he was living in San Antonio with his family, a difficult time on this because of the security in Mexico back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would just, they were here for about four years and we would visit them very often on holidays and things like that. Uh, he was actually my roommate. I did one year in China uh, just wow. As an internship, I was like I was there for a year uh, with my with my friend, and uh, I was I was doing the cooking, you no, know, but just because I enjoyed, not I never thought I'd be chef. I think back home, especially uh, 15, 20 years ago, nobody thought as being a chef as a career. Right. You know, like sure. that was yeah. just like you know being a cook somewhere. Like you didn't really think you can make a living uh, out of it or right. like, be something what it is today, and. Uh, we would come to San Antonio and uh, their family, you know, I was like, be happy to cook the Thanksgiving or the New Year's Eve or the Christmas. And it was my friend's mom that kept insisting, hey, why don't you come to San Antonio? There's like a very nice school over here. Why don't you come to San Antonio? Every year, every year. And I was about two years in into my uh, architecture degree. And I, at some point, I just got very... Uh, dismotivated about the career altogether all mm-hmm. and i started giving it a thought into the this uh opportunity that i had to consent so you say hey like just come you can live live with us uh you know we'll make it easy for you all this and i started doing a little bit of research on the culinary institute of america and it's like a whole new level that i didn't know it existed wow, so cool i was looking at all these chefs their names what they've done how they become to be on TV, do their own shows, mm-hmm. have all these enormous restaurants with Michelin stars. And like, it was a whole world that I didn't even knew it existed. Yeah. And it got me super excited. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. That's, That's great. So and it's cool. like People one day don't to the- realize how important the Culinary Institute of America coming to San Antonio has been. It has changed our landscape with the, the type of foods that we have. I mean, it's, I mean, people don't realize how important that is. So <coughs> I'm glad, So, but you didn't come here for culinary school though. Well, I did that first. Okay. Uh, that's that's how I became to come to San Antonio, uh, enroll into the Culinary Institute. And that's what uh, I met Gabby. We met in the Culinary Institute here in San oh, here Antonio. Oh, in San Antonio, okay. But uh, you, we only do, you only do one semester, it's about six months, and then you're off to your internships. Oh, got it. So I, I went over to Hawaii at the Rich Carlton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabby went over to Florida. Mm-hmm. And after coming back from our internships, we decided that, hey, like, why not move to the real or the biggest, you not know, the big campus that everybody dreams to go to in mm-hmm. New York. So we actually went as roommates, you know, like we were just friends and they say, hey, let's go to New York and let's graduate from the from the main campus 
uh, and we moved to New York together as roommates. Mm-hmm. And then we start our our relationship over there. Yeah, uh, a New York ah. romance. Yes. Yeah. Ah, how how awesome. You know about the delicious food at Smashing Crab, but did you know they have a huge commissary conveniently located off of De Zavala and IH10? Attention small restaurant owners, food truck operators, and catering companies. The Smashing Crab Commissary is a superb alternative to purchase your groceries and paper goods for less. Plus, in their huge 3,500 square foot commercial kitchen, they provide food prep assistance, mass production of your recipes, or you can do it yourself, and rent kitchen space at an hourly rate. The Smashing Crab Commissary is here to help your food business succeed. Smashing Crab, they ain't forking around. Call 210-800-8499. That's 210-800-8499. Is the, the Institute in New York, is it specialized? Like, some, I think somebody told me that if you really want to be uh, into uh, baking, if you're a baker, you go to New York. Is that not true? Can you do it from any of them or... Yes, you can do from any of them, but they definitely have a much bigger program. Uh, they have like a whole facility just for baking and pastry, which you you had. That's a after you after you do your associate, you can go into baking and pastry and get like a bachelor's on that. Got it. And they have more uh, professors that are like certified master bakers and things like that. So it's mm-hmm. a little more focused. Sure. Okay. San Antonio has a program where you can become an expert on Latin scenes mm-hmm. uh in california if you want to become more knowledgeable about wines they also have like a special uh degree f- for that in the area so that each one has a little bit i mean it's the same basic courses but they do have uh some changes Specialties, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. wow so they have a sommelier program in, in california or are you just learning about wines or you actually i just... think they have a sommelier program wow very cool yeah yeah when we were in um the Dominican Republic a couple of years ago, we were at this resort and everyone there, every waiter there said they were a sommelier. And I'd see them during the day, they were lifeguards out at the pool, but at <laughs> night they're saying they're sommeliers. So I said, where did you go to school? And they said, oh, there's a place just down the road that they teach you. I go, okay, great. So anyway, so uh, that's funny. So anyway, so you guys moved to New York and then what happened after that? So after we graduated, uh, Gabby decided to go back to where she did her internship, which is Florida. And I decided to take a job as a sous chef on a cruise line. It's a small company based on Seattle. And uh, we would do summers in Alaska and winter in Cabo San Lucas, La Paz, and wow. pretty much all Baja. Now that sounds really sexy, is it? <laughs> it was. Uh, it I mean, was. I wouldn't expect <laughs> yeah. you to say that. No, you see, like I, I heard from a lot of people that when you work in a cruise line, it's like they work you out so much, mm-hmm. and like you don't really get to enjoy to enjoy. Yeah. But this company uh, is called uh, on on cruise, and their whole motto is to get off the cruise. So, so what? And they were. Maybe 80 to 120 people. So very small cruises. Okay. But it was all about doing activities. And they encouraged all the staff to, you know, make relationships with the with the guests. Okay, so right. we were able oh. to go out on a on a hike or, or on a kayaking or like as long as we cover our duties. Right. We were free to do whatever <clears throat> That's we want. Nice. So wow. Wow. So you got to what experience fun. a ton. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wow. So you went to Alaska and then also uh, Cabo. 
Yes. Wow. What fun. Yeah. I want so, to do that. So did you, so I'm guessing on, uh, you, you cooked all kinds of cuisines, I'm guessing, right? Uh, uh, when you were working in that kitchen. Yeah. I mean, I had like, that wasn't my first, I mean, I, it was, I took a sous chef job, which is kind of high for just graduating. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, I, I, I went for it and I took it and, uh, they were all like, I guess I did pretty decent for the time I was like, I didn't have that much experience sure. just yet, but, uh, I was able to cook, you know, whatever I wanted. Yeah. So it was good. So cool. And you probably learn a ton. Yeah. All right. And so you did that for a while and she's in Florida and then what, right. where'd y'all go from there? Yeah. So after that, uh, this was like a seasonal job because of the cruises. So I decided after one season to go meet with her in Florida and uh, we both work at the Everglades Club, which is a very prestigious. Yeah. West Palm uh, Beach, right? In West Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's but I, I mean, the easiest way to say it is for very, very rich people. So we had like a limited funds to make these amazing dinner parties and wow. you know, wow. the menus. We can work with white truffles uh, and things like that with no <laughs> wow. issues. So yes. it was learn. It was a great learning experience yeah. because uh, the executive chef at the time, he's, uh, he passed away, but it's uh, Chef Peter Timmins, a certified master chef, and he was a coach for the American Olympic, uh, the Culinary Olympics coach. Wow. Oh, wow. And the 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 chef de cuisine, uh, Drew, he was a medalist for the mm-hmm. Culinary Olympics. Uh, so they were doing like very cool things at the time. Uh, he, they were, we were messing around with like, uh, uh, what's it called, like molecular gastronomy here and there, making right. foams sure. and making pearls mm-hmm. and making all these things that mm-hmm. was still kind of new, kind of like, had this season now nobody really goes yeah. into that but sure. it was cool to be there for that moment yeah um, so definitely tons of exposure to ingredients that are like very high-end wagyu you beefs you know the troughs all those things and we started to get any more into a little bit more fine dining when we took that job yeah yeah that that would be pretty fine dining wow you guys are living the dream so <laughs> that sounds amazing and yeah and, well uh, to have such you know to be able to work under such great chefs you know and and gain that knowledge and you know because all of it is just such a learning experience Mm -hmm. yeah that's neat Mm -hmm. and so i know at some point uh gabby ended up in uh, denmark right that was or was that already passed because that was part of her internship uh, that was after uh after uh when we were in in florida i got a call uh from uh my chef in hawaii uh chef uh, john zayner he was a certified uh he was the the chef the executive chef at the rich Carlton in uh in maui and uh he got offered a position at la cantera resort uh, in san antonio in san antonio so yes. it used to be the westing and then it was turned over into la cantera resort mm-hmm. and they were doing all this remodel they remodeled the whole place mm-hmm. it became something new and they brought him to become the the new executive chef that's and a, was, he was that lo- sweet fire kitchen yeah sweet fire kitchen well there was multiple uh restaurants inside oh, okay. uh-huh. including uh signature that i'm sure it's on your list yes. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. um but that's how we came back to san antonio so we had already left i never released thought that I was going to come back yeah. and I was just like traveling going to different places and say, Hey, like I'm going to San Antonio and I'm looking for, for chefs and how would you like to come? So yeah, why not? Yeah. So we come back to San Antonio Wow. and we spend, uh, I want to say four years at the resort. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Shave Center ended up moving uh, to another position about a year later. And then uh, Chef, uh, Chef Carr uh, came to be the new executive chef. And I think uh, we we were given a lot of opportunities to grow. That's where we started taking roles as uh, executive levels. And uh, Chef de Cuisine, uh, we became from supervisors to sous chef to Chef de Cuisine. From overseeing one restaurant towards the end, I was overseeing uh, four restaurants. So really, they really gave us the exposure to become managers. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did a lot of the growing awesome. yeah. on. You Learning know, like, the business side. The business side mm-hmm. of things. So yeah. it was sure. a great opportunity for the both of us uh, doing, doing the La Cantera. Gabby's where at one point uh, she also worked in Primera Cantina and Street Fire. They each other two restaurants in the main hotel. And then she, they opened Signature mm-hmm. with Chef Andrew Weisman right. and Chef Laurent Ria, and uh, she was uh, she would she moved down there with them, which is also part of the resort. Mm-hmm. And she that's where she really started pushing her her chef Culinary. skills, you know, yeah. her fine mm-hmm. dining with uh, mm-hmm. Alonis, this great great chef that we have a lot of respect for. Sure. Uh, and uh, after that. Um, uh, it was pretty. It was almost right before the pandemic. No, we still were still working there. Yeah. Uh, I came to know uh, somebody that I worked with, and we became partners to open a new restaurant. So he. So cool. So let me let me let me stop you before you go too much further because you said something that that's interesting to me. I, I've thought before. I, I don't know. I didn't go to culinary school, so I don't know. But I know that. Running a restaurant is way different than cooking at a restaurant or, you know, running the kitchen part of it. But you have to know everything to run a restaurant. You have to know the business side. You have to know, you know, how to order smartly, uh, you know, the the logistics and and how long things can stay. And that's not something you might know as a chef necessarily or as a cook rather than not not as a chef. So you got those skills. and, And so that's why you're able to run a restaurant now because you're able to you know the management side of it, right? Right, and, and I think that's right. I think most most chefs either focus on cooking and then let a general manager do most of the other things that you had to worry about. And I always took interest in both. Uh, I was I was excited on the food as much as I was excited on the business on side. the business side mm-hmm. of it. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, to a point where like I don't even know which one I'm more oriented into. Yeah, uh, but I love both sides and. In even like a la cantera, I love going to the to the P and L meetings and looking at the numbers and seeing how we're doing with our competition, right? And seeing how many points we're going up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was all, all those things were pretty fun to me as well. So I really caught an interest on, so on the business you, management side. Did you know at that point that one day you might like to own your own restaurant? Yes, I didn't think it would happen that quick. I was still looking into. Uh, my goal was to keep moving uh, uh, all the way up on the La Cantera to uh, the position of uh, executive uh, sushi that mm-hmm. would pretty much oversee all the operations in right. the resort. And uh, I want to say that I got so close to that. Uh, I was have such a big, tight professional relationship with uh, uh, Chef Robert Carr, the executive mm-hmm. chef, and he took me under his wing. And I knew that he was pushing me to go in that direction yeah, for sure. Sure. But then a, a, an opportunity presented itself for opening a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wait. So Is then I had to choose. Yeah. Like, do I keep going this way or do I 
and yeah. uh, jump to the right. To, and to it's the, a huge jump too. It was. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. So so then you said you I interrupted you, but you were talking about how all of a sudden you had an opportunity to to move into the restaurant business. And I know you did have another restaurant you were co-owners with for for a while, right? Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, one of the uh, people that I work with uh, start motivating me to, hey, like, let's let's open a restaurant. Let's open a restaurant. Let's open a restaurant. I would assume that they saw the potential mm-hmm. to, you know, like, hey, like this guy knows what he's doing. Right. Uh, like he knows the business side and he knows the cooking side. So he was like, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. And I, mean, I got excited. So I said, okay, let's do it. Uh, so we opened a, a Tlaco Mexican kitchen in San Pedro. Oh, okay. Uh, that was, uh, we, we run that together almost two years uh, before the pandemic and through the pandemic, we were able to, to survive uh, that. And then after that, uh, unfortunately, we decided to go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, my partner ended up staying with uh, with Laco Mexican Kitchen. Now he's doing uh, he's still doing pretty good in his business. He opened a second location, and I decided to do my own things uh, along with Gabby. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, so you opened Panfila, and uh, I know you have a couple of partners that uh, I, I I've gotten the opportunity to meet yeah. both of them. Great people, yes. uh, Narender. Bangla, is that how you say his last yes. name? And also uh, uh, Anjan, Angan, Anjan Goli. Yeah, how did you get together yeah, with these it, guys? So after I so after I separated from Tlaco, uh, I was like looking what's the next thing to do. And like I mentioned, it was right after, or we were still during pandemic pretty much, uh, not through the worst of it, but we were kind of like starting to see the exit. Sure. And to go food starting to make this big noise, you know, say everybody wanted to do pickup yes. and delivery. Yes. So I was looking into something new, like the, at the time, the, the, the ghost kitchens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we decided to, to try that out, you know, see in, in the me was, Hey, let's do one of these for now. Start playing with different concepts. Mm-hmm. Let's start playing with different food. Right. And it was, it was really fun. I mean, we didn't do that for long. We did it for about six months only. Yeah. Uh, but we wouldn't have anything else to do at the time. So we were, we ended up opening, I believe, almost like 20 brands. It was wow. ridiculous. <laughs> I had things like Charlie Burger and Kung Fu Rice, Burrito Bandido, Taqueria. Like we have like all wow. kinds of food, yeah. all different. It's just its own identity. Mm-hmm. And it was me and Gabby cooking everything wow. out of one wow. kitchen. Wow. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that started doing okay. It was never great. Uh, Russell, we didn't give it enough time. How, how are you advertising those? Just online? Yeah, you pretty much just use you know, the platforms, Uber, DoorDash. Uh, we try to do some advertising like on social media, but because it's, I mean, people didn't have a place to go and sit down. So yes. it was yeah. kind of hard to mm-hmm. advertise yourself much. Right. Uh, but that, uh, what the biggest thing that happened out of the ghost kitchen is that we got to meet our, our new partners, uh, Anjan and Naren. They also were trying the same concept mm-hmm. um, next to us uh, with Indian food. Sure. And uh, they they came to see, they were, they opened after we did. Uh, so we already had our kitchen running and functioning and organized and you know, making sales. And they would come into our kitchen and I'll start asking questions about me, about Gabby, about what we've been, all these things. And they start mm-hmm. catching a lot of 
uh, now they start getting us a lot of attention. And I guess they, they saw a potential and they saw mm-hmm. an opportunity. And, uh, and then uh, we started talking about uh, a project, say, hey, hey like, there, I think at the time they were already looking into a property that they wanted to invest on. And then uh, we became uh, with the idea of, hey, like, why don't we uh, get this place and let's open a restaurant together uh, that will become pretty much the investors. Mm-hmm. And Gabby and myself you know, will become the talent and bring the food and bring their organization skills and sure. all, everything that comes with wow. it. And so your, your concept with the authentic Mexican cuisine, is that something that you've wanted to do um, to bring kind of your home to San Antonio? Yeah, so it, we we decided we wanted to do Mexican, so we just started playing with our minds. And Gabby and I would like sit and I and say, okay, so what should we do? And we start remembering uh, mm-hmm. our last few trips that we've done to Mexico and what we're eating and like how like, uh, we don't travel much to Mexico, but uh, we try to go a few times a year. Mm-hmm. And every time that we go visit, uh, a state or a place. Uh, we have friends that want to take us to the 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 new restaurants and mm-hmm. fancy sure. restaurants, the trendy places. Yeah, we like, like and we, I mean, we go because we don't want to be mean, but we really want to eat on the street. And yeah. we want to be like eat on the oldest place. We want to eat on the traditional place from that location. So we would like tour around the city, walk around, and just really enjoy the the true treasures of each place. Yeah. Awesome. And so we would just like kind of start making a list of all the places that we've been and the food that we like. And, you know, we, we would go to, I have one of my friends got married in Oaxaca and we spent like some time over there and we would like walk around and we would go to these like hole in the wall places and talk to the old ladies mm-hmm. making the food. And so say, cool. Yeah, because we yeah. were like so excited just to see the cooking yeah, part of it. So. Sure, sure. And we just wanted to say, hey, let's do a restaurant that is not from any city that's because that's something that when i was in my other restaurant people always ask you where is this food from they want to know which state yes. where is the chef from right. and they want they want to know if the food that you're serving is from that state mm-hmm. and you say no we we want to break those boundaries you yeah. know let's just do food that is good the food that it. people can enjoy it's so interesting because and, and uh, alan and i were talking about this the other day but um there it, for example, you mentioned Chef Andrew Weissman. Um, he was here doing a podcast with us a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about how um, Mexico has the best, one of the, is really becoming such an amazing culinary scene because of so many flavors. Um, every, like you said, every stop that you make, whether even on one street, you know, you, you have all of these crazy good flavors but anyway and i think somebody else mentioned that the other day too yeah somebody else you're mm-hmm. right yeah, talk yeah, about so anyways, they, they were talking so mexico much. city on mexico that city, and their yeah. other case but yeah you're right yeah. mexico has is is the new food scene for mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so it's kind of cool so it's it's exciting to have a restaurant here in san antonio through panfila where you know we can go and experience that yeah, cool. that's, that's so cool. So, so it turned out to be a good partner partnership for you guys. And now you're working on a second restaurant next door to Panfila. It's going to be an Italian restaurant, right? Right. right. So, uh, from the beginning, we saw this location and say, "Hey, this is big enough to fit two restaurants." So we pretty much split the the property in half. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we we opened Pamphlet first. Now we're working on an Italian restaurant. I feel like we love doing the Mexican. We love doing our background. But we also have all these other experiences yeah, that we have from different chefs and from New York and from resorts and, like, all these, like, fine dining. Oh. So we obviously want to also have still have the opportunity to showcase what else we know to do and what else we can cook Love that. And so That's the new exciting. place is going to be called Osteria Cuatro. Osteria Cuatro, yeah. Osteria so Osteria is a, is a other word for like a tavern mm-hmm. or La Cantina. So we kind of gonna have the same mm-hmm. concept of like Panfila Cantina and the Osteria Cuatro. Uh, cuatro uh, is also, I mean, it sounds like Spanish, but it's also Italian. Uh, it's just the way you spell it. It uh, mm-hmm. becomes an Italian word. It means four, obviously. Yes. And it's for the for the for the poor, for partners uh, that came together. That's so cool. Oh, okay. See, I, I didn't it. get that. I get the, the the four partners. Okay, that's so cool. And this will be on the corner of Bulverde Road and Evans Road, right next to Panfila. And by the way, for the listeners, today is November the seventh of 2022 and so by the time you're hearing this maybe the restaurant's already open and maybe you already know about it but it'll be open in a couple of weeks from from now right or yeah, a month or so that's the hope yeah <laughs> we're working hard to open it that we're already behind but uh we definitely want to open this month wow well that's exciting we're looking forward to that yeah, and uh wait. i live pretty close so i'll be there i know just like i go to panfila quite a bit because yeah. i live Pretty close. Panfila has uh, gotten a lot of of praise since it opened. It's gotten a lot. I think this month, San Antonio Magazine has it on the cover. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, we were so excited to see that. Yeah. Mike Sutter of Express News says that uh, it's less Tex-Mex and it's more Mex-Mex. So, and he loved it. I know he he did. He came, what, four times, right, you said? Yes. And when... When Mike Sutter likes something, you know it's got to be good because yeah. uh, he, he'll tell what he thinks. Yeah. So that's really cool. And But the big one was when y'all first opened and uh, Gabby's old mentor, Chef Andrew Weissman, uh, went and he wrote a wonderful review for you. And it was such a good review, the newspapers picked it up and made a story about his review on your restaurant. And so that was pretty I incredible. Say, I have to say that where Chef Weissman chose to Put that review was on the San Antonio Restaurant Group. Yes, he did. <laughs> so Thank you, Chef Weissman. We yes. always will appreciate yeah, which you. Is, which is so cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I, I I love that. You know, he, yeah. he posted his his first visit to you guys there on the San Antonio Restaurant Group, and everybody went nuts. Um, and they were so excited about it, and it you know it, it was exciting. So well, it's a great restaurant. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a huge bump for yes. for Panfila. We actually invited him. For the soft opening, because you know he's uh, Gabby's mentor sure, and, and sure. a friend, mm-hmm. so I said, "Hey, uh, would you mind coming to our soft opening? Get your, you know, get your your expert your expertise uh, comments and you know, all for us." And and right away he did a post. So f- first week, I mean, we were even like officially open, and we were already getting all these clients to come <laughs> right, and check right. us out. It was That's insane. Cool. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it can hurt if you're not quite ready yet. That's great. Now, in addition to those two restaurants, y'all also have just recently opened another restaurant with uh, a different partners, uh, San Taco, which is at 114 Fredericksburg Road, correct? Right. So and- at this point, uh, Panfila is up and running. Concept is, set, is pretty much set in stone now. We know we got like the right direction or of where we wanted to go with, with Panfila. Uh, so now Gabby uh, uh, move on to this new project uh, called Santaco. Uh, 
uh, where she's gonna she's pretty much taking the lead over there, uh, along with our new partner uh, Antonio. And it's a photo. He's the owner of Tortilleria La Milpa. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, which is also on Fredericksburg Road, right? Also on Fredericksburg yeah. Road. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the, we became together. Uh, he makes great tortillas, uh, really some of the best tortillas in town, and we just started getting our heads together to make this new concept for like a breakfast lunch spot mm -hmm. near downtown that we believe to be something different yeah. and unique uh, for the city. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, we just opened a couple of weeks ago, and uh, yeah, yeah, and, and it's it, delicious. It, yes, and if you go onto the group, um, you you can actually find out all kinds of really great things about both Panfila and San Taco. You can um, go into the search and just type in Panfila and see 10, 50 million posts about mm -hmm. you know, the restaurant. But also now, if you go in and type San Taco, you're, you'll see those reviews. It's already yeah, they're already starting to pop up. So yep. Great. Well, that, those are exciting. So Panfila is one of our gold-approved restaurants, and we're very yeah, proud to have right. as, them as one of our restaurants, Absolutely. right? Yes. Yep. I mean, we literally handpick every restaurant, um, and there's criteria and all kinds of things. So, yeah. And being a gold-approved restaurant means that if you're a gold member, you have an app on your phone, which allows you to, when you go there, you get some type of a discount. And some of the discounts at Panfila are just some of the best ones. Oh my gosh, they're, they're nuts. I mean, you can go to Panfila if you're a Gold Club member and there is a deal on your map or on your app or a perk where if you spend $50, you get $20 off. I mean, that's, that's great. huge. That mm -hmm. is huge. That's that's crazy. Um, they also have um, scratch offs where you can, you know, order something off the menu and then use your little scratch off and you can win something like a dessert or an appetizer or 10 percent off. They have a, um, a static deal where you spend twenty five dollars and can get ten dollars off, which, again, is pretty, pretty darn amazing. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, they have, um, other spin the wheels as well, where you can, or they have a buy one, get one, I think, uh, buy one, get one off non-alcoholic drinks, appetizers, and desserts between two and six Monday through Friday. Yeah. So anyway, just some yeah. really cool perks. So Absolutely. make sure if you are in your app, again, you can just go up to the search, search for Panfila and all of their perks are there. Um, but go by and try them out because you will not be disappointed. It's, you Great will food. be happy. Mm -hmm. My, and and uh, something Mike Sutter didn't like your hamburger. I like, I love your hamburger. I've gone three times now just for your hamburger. So <laughs> yeah, well, it's a different style, right? Because it, 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 it is. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you can't please everybody or everything. <laughs> uh, my, my, I mean, I, we respect so much Mike Sutter. We love when he comes and reviews us and sure. And he has so many good things to say. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying. And if he doesn't like it, I mean, somebody. I, I'm else down will. the street, and I drive up there just to get that burger. I think I think it's delicious. So. I know I'm so excited. So I live all the way across town. Um, but when we were um, thinking of, oh, so where should you know we're going to have lunch with this this client or this you know where where should we meet and. Panfila. So I'm so I'm excited because. Yeah. <laughs> well, the time has flown, and uh, we'll have to have you back sometime because we didn't even get to cover everything we wanted to. But appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thank you yes, for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Panfila is at 22250 Boulevardy Road, Suite 114. Coming soon, or maybe by the time you're listening, it'll already be in business, Osteria Cuatro, which is directly next door to Panfila, also 22250 Boulevardy Road. And then there's San Taco at 114 Fredericksburg Road. That's at the, uh, the old, uh, they call that Five Points. 
And for years, that restaurant was Estella's. I can remember 30 years ago going to Estella's for, for breakfast. And that's where San Taco's at. So it's a great location. Swing by, check it out. Check out Panfila and check out the new Italian restaurant. Charlie, thank you so much. Yes, thank, thank you. you it was so awesome having you here with us. All right. Well, folks, thank you again for being with us today on The More You Know, The Better It Tastes. And tune in again next week. We'll have another great interview for you. Have a great day. Bye, guys.